welcome back. I'm your host, Esther Polito, your favorite Jersey girl. Thanks for hanging out with us at the Baddest Broad Podcast. And today, my special guest has to be one of my favorite people. He's the Vice President of Digital Sales. Did I get that right? Did From VP. He's a husband, father, and my friend, Jeffrey Buzel. Welcome to the podcast. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for having me, Esther. <laughs> Thanks my, for making the time. Friend. I was really, yeah, I was really excited um, to get you on here because we haven't seen it. We've talked and we chit chat and we stay in touch, but we haven't actually seen each other like face to face to face mm -hmm. for, I don't know how many years I'm not even going to bother counting. Um, so this is, I feel like a, is a very full circle moment for me. It is. It is <laughs> for me too. For me too. Great moment. And, yeah. And what's crazy, I'm going to give the folks, um, listening a bit of the background. We met each other at the rock climbing gym back home in Jersey. And do you yep. remember how we old we were? We were like 20 nothing. We were maybe what, 21? Yeah. 22? I remember like it was yesterday, yeah. Is that right? Something around there. Something around there. We were much younger. Well, I was much younger. Yeah. You still, you still look, you look the same. No, that's not true. Um, <laughs> it's the bags under my eyes that kind of give it away. Um, <laughs> but we met, I think at a very particular time, like I mentioned, we were working together. This was a very crucial time in my life because I think I was working two jobs. I was working at the hotel. I would get up like four in the morning, go do my shift. It's like the morning breakfast and lunch shift. I was working at the hotel restaurant, the Weston governor Morris. You remember where that is. Mm -hmm. And then I would leave and I would go to the gym and work a couple more hours <laughs> and then go home. And for me, this was like the six months before I moved to Tucson to go finish my bachelor's. So we, I think of that time, we were babies, we were 20 year olds, you know, going to work, parting it up, getting an hour of sleep, going back to work, getting into all kinds of stuff. Um, and it was like really filled with that moment of like anticipation because I was like, what's going to happen? I don't know. I'm trying to finish school. I had taken that year off to save up money so I could move to Tucson, which was everybody was telling me, it's like, if you take a year off, you're never going to do it. You're never going to finish. And I was like, I know myself. It's okay. So me and you kind of got on like a house on fire. You're very easy and super laid back guy to get on with. So I really doubt <laughs> it's that hard. But I do remember having all kinds of these really lively conversations we used to have about life and relationship, what's going on. Granted, this was a group of people, you have to know, it's a bunch of like gym rats. So oh, a lot yeah. of guys, buff guys, a lot of like younger girls. So everybody's kind of like, I don't know what to call that phase when you're trying to figure out who you are, you're partying way too much. Some people are still kind of like 19, 18, so they still are kind of like very hormonal and young and still kind of acting out. Um, but you were always yourself. You were always very wise mm -hmm. beyond your years. And I would always kind of like pick your brain about what do you think about this? What's going on? So I wanted to just kick things off, um, at least with our time here. And I, again, I appreciate you coming on in this season because we're talking about ambition. <laughs> so I am curious as to back then, especially when we were 
20 nothing years old. What was your greatest ambition then? Well, first, thank you for having me on. It's, uh, it's my absolute pleasure. My greatest ambition back then uh, was to own my own business. I wanted to mm. own something where I can impact people. Uh, I was really thinking, especially youth back then. I think it was right. due to the place we were working in. Mm -hmm. But that was it. That was my greatest ambition. What would I have looked at like back then? Do you think it would have been a gym? Yeah, Paolo and I um, still still center? to this day. Paolo and oh, I really? still to this day. Yep. Uh, that's a story paper for another time. But that's that's what it would have been. It would have been a basketball gym. I can uh, see it's that. Going, it's going to be a basketball gym. So yeah, I'm down for that. Um, how? So when you think about back then, when we were 20 nothing, and you know. I love that age because that's when you're just potential and you're, you're kind of anticipating what's about to happen, but it's the world is your oyster and you still have that amount of hubris where you're like, I got this. I'm going to, I'm going to go change the world. Um, so how has that ambition changed? And it sounds like it's still very much alive, right? You're, you're mentioning, it, you know, anytime now you're still going to go and figure it out and have this basketball gym. So what how, yeah. what do you think's changed from that time to now as far as your ambition? So there's a part of that that's still very much like you're that's still on your to-do list. But when you think Absolutely. back on it, how has it changed for you? Yeah, there's still unfinished business there for me. Mm -hmm. Um but it's changed. Uh, obviously I don't have it yet. I work for a business. I work for a corporation. You mentioned it earlier. Uh it's ADP. Um but I've learned to kind of flip my mindset and, and understand what I have. Yeah. Like a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs, what's the statistic? Four out of five small businesses fail. I've had the opportunity to kind of go grow through the ranks of ADP and get paid and incentivized and all those things to learn the ins and outs of running my own business, managing a team, understanding the ins and outs of sales, and understanding a process and understanding what is ROI, what is this, mm -hmm. what is that, and understanding the steps of the sale whatever it may be. So I got a lot of knowledge in different parts of the business. So this is like a, a paid education for me and I'm loving it. And it's enabling me to support my family and create amazing memories with them. Yeah. So I love it. Yeah, um, that's where it's at. And watching you from afar, you kind of climb, climb the ranks. I'm assuming from the bottom. <laughs> It's all, oh, yeah. it's all about the come up. So I'd love to hear about how did you end up at ADP? Because I, I felt like every quarter you just kept climbing and climbing. I was like, man, he's really doing it. And then you post up all these awards on LinkedIn and all of your fun little functions and your celebrations. I was like, man, <laughs> he's really up there. So it was a joy to see, even though I'm watching you from like all the way over here, watching you kind of climb those ranks. What did it take? And did you take the same route as most people would just like go to college, get your degree, get another degree? Um, I think you did about a year of college and then stepped away from that and pivoted. So what was that like back in the early days? Yeah, so so I did a few years um, and then given cer certain circumstances, I decided to continue to work so I can help at home mm -hmm. and also grow. Cause I thought, again, we were going to own a gym at that time. Uh, and then I forget what year it was, maybe 2008, 2000, whatever. Well, I can't remember the year we're getting old, uh, <laughs> but I wanted to get into the corporate world. I really wanted to just understand that side of things. I wanted to go to 
something where it wasn't necessarily about the hours you work, but the amount of effort you put in. And I knew I, I love speaking to people and I wanted to see if I had what it took. Mm -hmm. I was always competitive, as you know, just a little bit. And I wanted <laughs> to be able to, yeah, just be able to challenge myself to, to see if I have what it takes to, to do it and to do it big. Yeah. So I started working at a financial planning firm. I, well, a friend of mine was uh, gracious enough to talk to me and, and get me an opportunity. And they, they kind of told me what to do. He said, hey, come in at this time. I tried to show up an hour before they told me to come in and stay a few hours later than they told me I should leave. Yeah. And while I was doing that and really finding success, it was it was good. Once I started to build the confidence, it was really, really good. Uh, but then I also had some friends working at ADP and I wanted to build a family. I actually met my wife in, in the cafeteria of uh, while working. Oh, wow. At that I didn't know that. Planning firm. Yeah. You had a little yeah, meet cute, yeah. little meet cute in the cafeteria. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It, it wasn't as fairy tale as, as 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 you would think, but yeah. You were like, I met her let there, me go but... buy you a bag of chips from the vending machine." <laughs> exactly, exactly. I got offline, and somebody was watching. It's you know the show Living Single, that old school oh, yeah. show. Oh yeah, I love that show. <laughs> yeah, well, no, no one in this area would be watching that show, and I'm like, who is watching Living Single in the cafeteria? <laughs> like, there's a few TVs, and mm -hmm. and then I I see her from afar. I'm like, all right. What was that uh, like? Did it feel like the light of God was shining down? And you're like, wait a well, minute. She was, yeah, she was facing the other way. And I said, all right, let me, let me see who's watching Living Single here. And she's laughing, being herself, and mm -hmm. nobody else in the cafeteria is watching it. So I kind of went over there and was watching a little bit. And then I decided to say something to her. As she turned around and said something to me, that's when I, yes, exactly like you said. It was that type of moment. It was like, bam. You, see, you know those, <laughs> yeah, you know those moments in the movies. All my friends from work are kind of like in the back, yeah. laughing, doing whatever. And I, I forget what I said. I introduced myself. Mm -hmm. And back then, obviously, I was suited. Didn't have my jacket that day, but I always had a tie on at yeah. that place. And, uh, yeah, I said something. And she was, you could tell she definitely was interested in bad boys. So I looked <laughs> like the preppy dude that, nah, she's not going, going for. And she was nice. Exchanged words. I said, all right, I'm hoping to see you around again sometime. Maybe we can watch this together. She said, oh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And that was kind of it. As I'm walking back upstairs with my food, because even back then, I would take my lunch and go back to my desk mm -hmm. so I can manage my time so I would be able to get right back into things. Yeah. And I'm walking back with my coworkers, and they're laughing, and I'm laughing. I said, like, I told you I'm going to go up there. That's the girl I'm going to marry. <gasps> I said it. My friends put it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I, again, I don't want to get too far off topic, but fast forward, I wanted to start a family life. And I realized mm -hmm. that working those kind of hours wasn't really conducive to doing that. Yeah. I needed to be able to give more time. I was sometimes getting in work at 730 in the morning. And depending upon if we would go to New York City or not and do some presentations, I was getting home around midnight, maybe uh, a little bit before. Yeah, no. yeah it, was, it, was, it was rough some days. So I had friends working at, AD, at ADP. Uh, they told me about the opportunities. They told me about kind of what they've done, what they've been able to build, and in my head, I'm like, I'm 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 hungrier than you. If you're if you're doing that there, I could probably <laughs> do do double or triple that. All right, let, let me let me see. Yeah, and yeah, I think that's that's that, so that's kind of how I got yeah. in there. That's first of all, I love that you shared that story because I knew just from the gram. Oh, you have this beautiful family, this like you know beautiful wife. Um, I love that Thank story, you. and I love when you hear it back from people. It's like I knew that very moment. And I was like, how can you know? 
And sometimes you just do. And it's amazing. Um, so what was, if you were to give yourself a piece of advice, and it sounds like you came to it yourself, which is switching over to ADP, what's, what's a piece of advice you would have given your younger self around that time when you were, you know, in that phase of like the come up? All right. Can I give two or you just want yeah, one? Yeah, I'll take as many. <laughs> yeah. Fail fast. It, it sounds cliche, but mm -hmm. a big thing, and I read it, um, and I, I can cite the author for you another time. I think it's Dr. Rob Gilbert, but he says, you're not judged by the number of times you fail. You're judged by the number of times you succeed. But mm -hmm. the number of times you succeed is directly correlated to the number of times you fail and keep on trying. Yeah. Like if you think of any of the top people, anybody who's who's accomplished anything, you think of Babe Ruth. Obviously, the first thing you think of is home runs. He also has the most strikeouts in Major League history. You think of Kobe Bryant. You think of greatness. Guess who has the most field, uh, missed field goals in NBA history? It's Kobe Bryant. Mm -hmm. There's so many different things like that, but nobody sees that side. Those yeah. guys are just not afraid to fail, not afraid to attack. And it's the same thing in anything you do. Yeah. So I think fail fast and don't be afraid of it. And then understand a little bit about compounding interest, as boring as it sounds, and finances. Because as you start to grow, when you start to make money, you have to, even in early stages, you have to understand how to put some away and yeah. what to do with it. You have to understand how to maximize that 401k if you can and do yes. what you can with what you have. And I think if, I, if you did that early, I read mm -hmm. something that if you even put the smallest amount away in the twenties by right now, oh, yeah. you could have obviously oh, yeah. had millions of dollars just by putting a little bit extra away. I have given a very similar speech to uh, my family because I was like, had you just not done anything with that money and put it in a high yield savings account for a CD <laughs> and just like left it alone. We wouldn't be having this conversation about you being anxious and stressed out about this money. Because it's not about not having the money. It's just like you just didn't use it wisely or you just didn't appreciate what that meant at that time. And you kind of like waved it off or spent it unwisely. Exactly. Um, so there's a few of those conversations. I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up. Now, during this time, because you were working, um, you know, like we mentioned at the rock climbing gym and then working for your friend on ADP, were there any standouts as far as like, people who you looked up to as a mentor or people who kind of took you under their wing? Yeah. So I will say at ADP, um, there was a gentleman when I got there, it wasn't as easy as I thought. Mm -hmm. I was used to calling people on wall street and then in the financial industry. And I was the best person there. Fortunately, I was able to really exceed any kind of expectations. So coming into ADP, I said, okay, I'm just speaking to mom and pop business owners. It's going to be easy. It's a whole different game. Yeah. Um, you have to understand the process. You have to understand the products and the specific uh, jargon that they use and steps of the sale that they use. Mm -hmm. So what I what I did was kind of identify who, who the best people were. I, and I identified the best person who was there probably four years prior to me. And I said, listen, I want to set up all my meetings with you and maybe a few other people. But as I set up those meetings, I really want to be able to hear you from start to finish. I want to hear how you connect with people. I want to hear your process, your steps of the sale. And I want to also see how you structure your day mm -hmm. to be the most successful. And I'm letting you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to crush you. I'm going to be better than you. As long as you're okay with that, let, let's do this. And he, 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 he loved the challenge. He was competitive like I am. Mm -hmm. So that was one person 
that I that I kind of leaned on at that time. Yeah. Just to really challenge myself and give myself a standard. So yeah. I would say him. I think you inherently are just really good with people. So it doesn't surprise me that you kind of honed in to this one person who was like, this is what's about to happen. And plus, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, in a couple of months, in a couple of quarters, I'm going to beat you. <laughs> I'm going to surpass whatever that standard is. And we're going to look back at this conversation. You're going to be like, yep, that's what happened. Because um, even in the gym, I do recall you were a very natural leader. You had a way of carrying you. yourself so that you could empathize and pick up on people's motivations, understand um, where everybody was at at any given time and kind of help get it going and get people motivated. And I could kind of see without knowing how you transition into your career life, how a lot of those skill sets without maybe you are aware of it or maybe not, but you, I'm sure that was probably your greatest asset going into all these different fields that may have been, you know, a bit intimidating early on um, or unfamiliar. So I'm curious because now that I see that you are a VP and you're probably running like larger and larger teams, how do you manage your teams and what have you found to be like, you know, the most helpful in those situations where you're coming up, a, you know, against a deadline or a challenge? How do you get everybody motivated? Yeah, I think you kind of keyed in on some of it, just understanding that everybody has a uh, a different thing that they're they're pushing for. So mm -hmm. really just understanding your people, knowing your people, knowing their why understanding their specific goals and aspirations and their dreams, and then making sure there's a open communication. I yeah. think open communication is, is key. And I think depending upon where the person is in their career, you can give more and more autonomy. And then as you give more autonomy, you also empower them. And you have to reinforce anything that you're giving to them, whether it be in the early stages or even in the later stages as they get better. If it's more autonomy and you're empowering them to just own things, you have to give them that confidence that there is the belief. Like you, they have to know you believe in them. They have to know that you fully support them and you're going to have their back. And they have to know if you're the one that says, hey, I suggest maybe we go this route and something goes wrong, they got to know you're ready to own. You're mm -hmm. ready to own it. You're, I try never to be the leader that's pointing the finger. Yeah. I try to always be the one that's pointing the thumb. I love that because that was my follow-up question of the one thing I found really difficult when I've been managing a team and you're probably a lot nicer than I am because I could be a bit tough. <laughs> but I, what, what I've found to be really difficult is really building confidence in people. And you'd be surprised how many times people come to me. It's like, I don't know if I could do this. I'm like, do you, do you think I would ever give you a task that I didn't think that you could manage? Or do you think I would ever set you up for failure? And it just surprised me how people more often than not question themselves. And even though yeah. you see, and I see so much potential in people and I was like, well, we both know you can do better than this. You're just, you're kind of, you know, either a bit apprehensive or shy for whatever reason, because you've never done this before, but it's like, I hired you for a reason. <laughs> and I know that you have the qualities that it takes to get this done. So how do you, and you kind of touched on this a little bit of like having someone's back, I think definitely sets up the foundation for that relationship. But how do you build people up in a team setting, especially if somebody is maybe feeling a bit insecure? They've had they're having you know a tough a tough life challenge that they're trying to overcome. Like how do you manage that? It's a great question. So I, again, I try to uh, just understand their specific strengths, things that excite them, 
things that maybe feel them make them feel alive. And then I try to step back from the situation, whatever it may be, whatever the task is at hand and see, okay, what about this task? What part of this task could light that fire in this person potentially? Mm-hmm. All right. If I, if I've identified that now, let me sit with this person. Let me get their ideas. Let me kind of present it to them in a way like, Hey, here's what we're trying to do as a collective group. Here is the portion of this where I feel you would shine at. Talk to me. How do you feel about that? Do you feel I'm right on track with something that you like, or do you feel it's something else, another part of this collective goal that we're going for that you would be best at? And if it is this part, what are your ideas? Mm -hmm. We're just brainstorming right now. I just want to hear it from you. Yeah. And I'm staying silent. And then I'm going to help them kind of put some pen to paper, map a few steps down um, on, on that paper and work backwards with them. Okay. It looks like we're all right. This is good. And give them the possible positive reinforcement. Mm-hmm. If there may be some areas where there's, they're, they're, they're strained a little bit. You don't want to necessarily just throw it out right away. Again, depending upon what level they're at, uh, what tenure they're at, but you want to kind of ask questions and lead them to a different, different path. Yeah. And then after you think they have a pretty solid plan on, all right, Let's let's and you outline the timeline and then you are you're with them every step of the way, just checking in, not Mm -hmm. micromanaging it, but just checking in and supporting and say, all right, you can come to me with anything. Give me feedback. um, Give me updates on X, Y, Z. We have our deadlines written down here. Let's say you and I just connect just to see if we're on the right track, if we have to pivot on this time, this time, this time. Other than that, this is your baby. Yeah, I believe in you. I trust you. I love that. And if that imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome still is kicking in, then you have that conversation. And I really try to ask more questions Yeah. to the best of my ability just to understand and kind of get them to reinforce, well, no, we, we did write down a plan. Yeah, you're right. We have a plan. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> this is something that I can do. Yeah. Oh, you're right. I did get that do this on that other project and we took off. Mm-hmm. So I love it. hope that answered your question. No, for sure. Um, it brings that back a lot of memories. <laughs> <laughs> about being in the gym. Um, I'm going to pivot here because I, you already shared your meet cute with your wife. Um, I want to know, because we, I think the last time we talked, I asked you a very similar question, which is how has finding the right partner made a difference in your career? Because we kind of all know what happens when you're with the wrong partner, because <laughs> it usually ends up not, not working out very well and it's, it kind of blows up. So, it seems like, especially with the way you talk about your family and you were very intentional with knowing it's like, no, I want to have a family, which means it'll require this environment and it'll require this partner. How has she changed, you know, either the way you've looked at growing your career or the, the trajectory of how your career has gone, do you think? Uh, it's, 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 she's impacted it greatly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's motivated me. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it's, uh, lit more of a fire under me than I've ever had in my life. Um, <laughs> from, from the beginning. Cause when you, when you find that person and I really wanted to understand, I know what my goals are, mm-hmm. but now I want to understand really what her goals and aspirations and dreams are too. Yeah. And then some of that part of that is, is traveling to different places in the world or having that family, mm. being able to have that house, being able to do X, Y, and Z. So now it had me add things to my list and not just material, but experiences too. And her goals became my goals and it became one. And I wanted nothing more than to just 
yeah. be able to bless her and, and bless our family with, with things. So it's, mm-hmm. it's really motivated me even more. That brings a tear to my I can't eye. say enough about her. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate I, I just, you. Yeah, I think we don't talk enough about how, because we talk about the come up and we talk about like things require work. You have to show up. You have to be adaptable. But we don't talk about how having that support system, whether it's your partner or your friends or your family, is really important in that journey. You don't do it by mm-hmm. yourself. We like to think that it's all us and it's all on our shoulders and it's all our talents because when we get up to the top of the mountain, we just want to celebrate it. But you look back and you're like, there's all these people that came along. And for you to say that, you know, she lit a fire under you, I'm like, you were already pretty motivated when I first met you. So I never questioned like, this guy's so lazy or this guy is just not going to end up anywhere. It's like, Thank I you. knew where, whatever you. it is that you chose to do or ended up doing, you were going to succeed just because you had already had that inherent talent of understanding the direction that you wanted for yourself and so you you guys meet you form a family you have three beautiful children how has fatherhood because that trips me out when you're like my youngest is nine i'm like how (laughs) how is that possible my oldest just turned 17 on the 11th that is scary (laughs) crazy yeah yeah so uh it's given me a true purpose Mm. And then added accountability. Even more accountability. That makes sense. Yeah. Even more accountability with and being more purposeful, t- intentional. Um, I don't know if you remember back in the day, but I was pretty harsh at certain times with if I felt a certain way about somebody, not not terribly harsh, but I was very direct. My messaging was very direct. And I probably wasn't as patient. <laughs> Uh, as I should have been with certain situations. I don't know if you ever. I don't remember. Well, I wasn't towards me. That side of me. <laughs> never, never. So, and I think uh, we'll talk about because I, I I know you said something about my pet peeve, but it was towards the pet peeve. But we'll talk <laughs> that later. But yeah, I think it's it's made me more accountable to my words, my mm-hmm. actions. Uh, I don't even really play music that's uncensored within the house. In the car, it, all bets are off. But just different things like that, like how yeah. I'm messaging, how I'm listening. And it trickles to the other parts of my life, too. And it's actually made me a better leader. And I think the the kids have helped me be more successful, too. For sure. I could definitely see that. Um, There's nothing more beautiful to me than watching a man, once they become a father, it's like something changes. Um, And whether or not they could actually articulate it or explain it to people is another thing. But just to see men be like, oh, this is on me now. Like, this is not a drill. (laughs) <laughs> we gotta we gotta get going so i i do appreciate that insight and with all that said what is what is your greatest ambition now you think i'm gonna give you a broad one i'll give maybe i'll give you a quick few i'm trying to to give you a little bit here to continue to grow to continue to uh develop and evolve as a person never to be complacent i think that's my greatest ambition uh, i don't know if it's a cop out but that is my greatest ambition I want to become better every single day and in all different aspects of my life. But uh, my second one, my my second one, and I'm sure this will be a conversation for another time, is to to get my new heart and chase around my, my kids and swim with them in the ocean. That's, that's my biggest ambition and dream right now, because right now I'm unable to do that. And they're always asking me. And it's one thing we travel everywhere yeah. and they're swimming, they're going in. But it's one thing that they've wanted me to share with them for a long time that I haven't been able to share with them. Mm-hmm. So that is one of my biggest uh, on my list right now. 
I love that. And I love how that's coming from, you know, your children. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, it's a really great high point uh, to end this uh, recording on. So I do appreciate your time. Thank you so much for everybody listening to us. And Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, follow us on Spotify and on YouTube and hit the like and subscribe when you get a chance. I appreciate you all. Until next time.